0: My name is Jordi Miller, and welcome to the Empower Women series of the month of November. Um, uh, we are extremely lucky to have Susan Turnbull with us today. How are you doing, Susan? Great. Thank you, Jordi. Okay. Susan is the founder of Personal Legacy Advisors. And uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I actually got the pleasure to attend the event myself. And, and it's a topic that I was getting messages left and right. And I don't know, you probably don't know this, Susan, but people were really moved. They were, it's in our busy days and our busy schedules, the conversation about talking of your own legacy really made everybody pause. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And I think uh, hopefully the uh, people listening also uh, will, will take something out of it as the people that attended the event did. Um, I, I wanna start with a, a question that I tend to ask for other uh folks that are uh, hosting our events, which is how they got started. But for you, it's a little different because you help people work through their legacy thought process and then like actually implementing it and, uh, and something about the ethical wheel, right? Um, how did you get started on this? How, like, how, how, what were your first steps into this?
1: Well, it's hard to know how far to go back, you know, I think it's been kind of, I think that there are many things in my life that have built to this and that continue to, you know, it's part of the journey. It's one of the kind of um, miracles of all this. It's fascinating to look back and wonder where the threads come from. But in terms of a professional journey, I'll say that it began when I was working as a freelance journalist and I was writing personal interest stories for a number of local newspapers in towns that i lived in and i was just always amazed at what people would tell me just because i asked a question and listened to what they said and i just was reminded over and over of how much people not only enjoy getting some perspective on their lives and talking about what's important to them They enjoy the process, but there's something more that's happening there. They're getting, they're stepping back a little bit and getting some perspective that they might not otherwise have. And I also had the sense in many cases that, and I would ask people sometimes, you know, is this information that your family knows about you? And sometimes the question would be answered would be yes. And other times it would be no. And I think a lot of people sometimes feel as though, the people that are closest to them in their families, their closest friends, you know, that they already know these things about them or that they wouldn't necessarily be interested. And that is just strikes me as really a loss when people
2: hmm.
1: assume that there's information that other people have about them that they really don't. So when I read about the idea of the ethical will as a, as a letter that enabled you to transmit what was most important to you as a part of the record of your life, which is what my professional journey has been in the last 20 years is advocating for the creation of ethical wills as not only a beautiful thing to do personally, but as an important as. When I read about the idea of an ethical will. When I read about the idea of an ethical will, um, I realized, you know, people don't have to write an autobiography to create a record of their life and share what's most important to them. They can create it in a letter. And I thought that that was such a beautiful idea, such a beautiful thought. I thought it's what everybody should do. Everybody should consider doing that. So, yeah. Journey of creating a business called Personal Legacy Advisors, of creating a guidebook for how to create an ethical will, doing workshops around this, and helping people really think about what they want to communicate Mm -hmm. with intention. Um, what they want to make sure and has never gone unsaid. That's the seeds of that really came through the journalism.
0: Yeah, and I, we see um, the, the whole concept is very interesting to me, um, and I think for the listeners as well because in our industry, we do uh, proactively, I would say, uh, have conversations about the legalities of legacy about the financial legacy, about the state planning of aspects of it and really sometimes it's very emotional and, and there's tough decisions that happen and 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 I just want to say having the additional resource or the additional step of doing an ethical will, which I think you described it beautifully through your presentation, which was this is the values that bind sometimes the legal, uh, documents. Um, it's important. Uh, it, it's it's an opportunity, as you mentioned, to give context of some of the legal decisions that were made in families to those that receive that ethical will and, and get the opportunity uh, to read them. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was, I'm glad that point came across in the presentation because when I um, you know, I mean part of my professional journey has been has been to create programs and products for people that are going through estate and financial planning because I saw this instantly when I understood what it was. Oh, this is the missing piece of planning because people spend a tremendous amount of money creating legal documents that they can't understand that are written in legalese that are about what they want their loved ones to have in a tan in a tangible sense, the whole idea of what they want them to know and understand that's not covered at all with any intention in estate planning. It's really more important to people. You ask them, um, you know, would they rather get money or would they rather give money or would they rather get or receive a love values, a sense of belonging people will always pick the intangible. They will, that's always comes before what they would like to give or receive and, but it's not covered anywhere in an intentional way in contemporary planning. So what one of my missions is, and I hope it becomes part of my legacy, is to play, have planted that seed in the minds of other people, that there's two halves of this idea of what do you have to give to your loved ones? You have to give, what you have to give them is money if you're lucky, um, and you have money to give them, but you definitely, money aside, you have heritage, values, love, all those things. Thanks. You have all those things to give. Um, and that I, that's, that's, that's so valuable. And I hope that becomes part of my legacy. I planted that seed that everyone has a lot to give in that department.
0: You stole my last question in the podcast, the which was department. like, what was going to be your legacy? <laughs> um, so I, I, another thing that you mentioned too is, uh, and, and I think that's where a lot of people, uh, felt, uh, touched by not just by the exercise, but by the topic, was to remember what like some somebody that had an impact on you, and, uh, and like their mm-hmm. legacy. And, and and we broke into rooms, and and I think what happened in that exercise, which is kind of like what the question I wanted to ask you is, I saw people uh, really digging deep, but not that deep. It was like it's present in their lives. Like very present. It's not like they have to reflect for ten minutes before finding out this who the person was that we're remembering. It was ten seconds. I know who the person is, and and I wanted to say that because I'm sure you see this often is when somebody has the ability to give uh, or produce an ethical will for other folks to read, it really causes an impact in their life that they stay. It stays with them, and and I'm sure you have something to add to that. <laughs>
1: Well, the first person to get benefit out of creating an ethical will is the person who, who writes it. Um, it's a very powerful experience because what you say to other people, you have to say to yourself first. And I, yeah. I don't say that to yeah. scare people and say, well, you know, this seems like a really daunting exercise, but it is a very beautiful, it's a very powerful process to go through. It's very satisfying. And if people can get out of their own way enough to sit down and even think about creating a one paragraph or one page message to the, the, the people that they care most about, if they can write down, and this is my, the advice I always give to people is you can't possibly say everything you might want to say to your lovers. You can't possibly do that. So you have to just pick a few messages, A few bits of information or thoughts or reflections, and oftentimes the easiest place to start is to say thank you and to talk about how you can express your gratitude and express your love, and to do that in a way that feels timeless. And if you can do that in a paragraph or a page, I promise you it feels really, really good. And I remember someone saying to me after a presentation, "Um, well, I guess after I write an ethical will, I guess I could die. Then I could die. And she sort of said it, jokingly. You know, she said it jokingly, but in a sense, that's kind of true because um, you will have said the thing that you would want to make sure never went unsaid. And there's a tremendous amount of peace of mind in there. And there was a beautiful book called The Four Things That Matter Most, which was written by uh, Dr. Ira Biak, who was a, works with cancer patients at the end of his life at Dartmouth, and he says, the four things that people most need to say before they leave this world, um, the things that they need to see, say to feel like their communication is complete, is one or more of these four things. One of them is thank you, I love you, forgive me, I forgive you. And that, those are beautiful places to start from when you're thinking about, you know, which one of those touch you? Which one of those would be easiest for you to sit down right now and say, and you, and, and you don't need, it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be complicated. So simplicity is the key to getting it done.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned two things that uh, are um, uh, very impactful to everybody that attended, which were, this is an evolving document, like because you are an evolving being and the people that you're gonna be writing this for are also evolving. So so yes, yeah. I guess you answer your own question, which was, no, you, it's not about I write this and now I can die in peace. It's more about understanding that this might change and you have mm-hmm. to kind of like be on it as things change. Um, but the other one is that you got to start and, I and, and, and because it's a self-reflected exercise, because as you mentioned, as your you are your first audience, or you're or the first person that is going to read this, or write it, or think about it, and speaking out loud and put the words out, it's going to be yourself. It, it can be daunting. Uh, so I, I love that you gave that little, and maybe you can talk a little bit about it. It's like the a few little tips on how to start this process.
1: Yeah, well, I did in the in the in the presentation, I laid it out three topic areas and said to them you know if you can do if you can hit these three topic areas and think about creating something that's only a page or two then you are either have completed a document or you have the start of one that you would add to and and that is really an important your point there that you just made Jordy. these are works in progress because you're a work in progress and so is your audience and it's really interesting when you go back and look at the oldest ethical wills that come out of the Jewish tradition, the oldest ones are about 800 years ago. You can see, even in those documents, you can see how people have added to them over time, which is one of the things that makes them really interesting also um, as their audience um, changes. So um, that's just one thing. It also takes the pressure off that you don't have to do this once and it's done. It's also important to think of the fact that you could create multiple letters. It doesn't just have to be one, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, just one letter. It can be, it can either be multiple letters to multiple people. It could be a theme and variations where you create kind of a common letter and then have messages to each individual people, or it could be a common letter that goes to to a group of people. There's no such thing as a standard ethical will. It's all spoken from, you know, it's done out of your heart and for who you mo- most want to get these, you know, to get these messages. Um, but what I said in the workshop for the three things to get started, the three areas. Uh, gratitude, share your gratitude. And that's and you know what your audience most wants to hear from you is that you mattered to them. They mattered to you. So to be able to say thank you for what they gave you, for what they gave you in your life, that's a beautiful thing to start off with thank you. Um, then to be to say, to share a bit of wisdom, to share in a list, perhaps maybe a bullet list of three, three things, you know, to be true, three things your life has taught you, three things you want them, you know, that might be helpful to them that are truths in your life. And then the third thing is a conviction. And by conviction, I mean, what is the most, one most important thing that you want them to know? If you're only telling one thing, what would it be? And oftentimes that's an expression of love. So if those three things, If you could do that in a page or two pages, wow. And, you know, that is a, that's a, keep it simple, keep it short, but gratitude, wisdom and conviction. If you were to focus on those three things, you would, you, you would be able to do it. And, you know, I'm a professional writer. I have ghostwritten a number of documents for people. I did that for a long time. I also created a guidebook because I don't think that anybody can write it better than the person. You don't need a professional writer. There are people who have more money than time, or they physically cannot do it, and, and, a, and a professional can really help them. But for everyone else, good heavens, no one can say it better than you. And I do have a guidebook on my website, so that is also a place to start. Um, it's a workbook-style guide, and it'll help you think about the things you could talk about, and then help you narrow down so you've got a, you can so it feels possible.
0: Um, if you indulge me for a second. Uh... Yeah you you gave a couple of examples of of different styles or maybe different messages that some people that or you have uh, run across or maybe even help work with and that you have permission to share uh, yeah if you could read. Maybe a couple of those so people can get a sense of how they start, the context of it. Because I found them powerful when I was listening to some of them. Uh, And maybe people listening to it might find them powerful. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. um, But what I found fascinating was that there's just not just many styles of writing it, but there's different ways of collaborating it to write it. Uh, so it's not just like going to the basement of your house and like seclude yourself for a week and like, think about it. No, like there's many stories behind how these things get produced. Um, so, so I thought that was interesting to hear too. So yeah, if you want to share a couple, that would be great.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the ones that I shared was a list. Um, and, um, sometimes lists can be like really easy ways for people to get started I, either a list of, you know, just the things you know to be true, just kind of bang those things out. It's really interesting when you ask yourself, you know, what are the 15 things I know to be true? It's kind of, it's pretty cool what comes out. And um, and that's one of the things that's interesting about creating these documents is that you never really quite know what is going to come out <laughs> as you begin to write. And that's part of, that's part of the magic of them actually um, is that you oftentimes will surprise yourself with what you actually end up wanting to share, or reflect on. So where you start may not be where you end up. But anyway, lists can be really helpful and um, in a way that's, um, that's, that's kind of easy to get started. So one of the lists, and I have several examples of lists, but the one that I wrote that I read today was, this was, a, um, this was an exercise of creating a two-page ethical will. Um, and so this woman chose to create a, a list, but her introduction was, The most important thing that I can bequeath you is something that I hope I already have given you a deep conviction of your own worth that translates into personal standards and instincts that will steer you in the future. And, and she then creates a list of things that she hopes for them that she hopes. So she says along these lines, I hope each of you will. And then she creates this list and here's three of them. I hope you will stay connected to, to each other speaking about their siblings, commit yourself to things. It's where all the rewards are. Seek out who those who are older and more experienced. So she's talking about the wisdom of her life, what she's learned, and she's hoping that these things, this will be helpful to them. Um, And um, so this is sort of a bit of the wisdom of, you know, that an ethical will can, can share. And as I, as I said in the, in the presentation, ethical wills, need to be positive and helpful. And people are gonna take from them what they will need from them at the time that they read them. They're not intended to be controlling documents. They're not intended to be lectures. They're intended to be gifts of oneself that people can then take what they need from them. And they're gonna read them at different times and take different things from them. Um, but they're, it's, you're, you know, you're not saying to the people you're writing, I know better than you, let me tell you how to do this. That's not what you're doing. You're really just giving a gift of yourself. So that's an example of a list. Um, and um, then um, here's an example of, of a couple, one that was written by a couple, and they had set up, they wanted to use the ethical will to explain the, um, their estate plans to their kids who were approaching 30, and they were going to be starting to get some distributions from some of the trusts, and they wanted to They want to explain their estate plan in plain English. They wanted their kids to know what they'd done and they wanted them to know why they'd done it. And they wanted to give some context to the put wrap values around the estate plan. And um, and they really especially really wanted to talk about their values, about money, what money could and couldn't buy. And especially, especially about the value of philanthropy. Um, and, um, they'd certainly been modeling for their children, but they wanted to put down absolutely their, their thoughts about it. So they said the most important matter, this is from the introduction, the most important matter is not how you got your money or how you're going to spend it. It's how you're going to spend your lives and what kind of people you're going to be. So it was, um, an opportunity to create a a dialogue from what is essentially a monologue because an ethical is a monologue. It's a powerful opening for a dialogue, which is what they wanted this to do. They wanted to put down in writing what they wanted to make sure their kids had a record of without any question, but their intentions and about what the state plan was doing. But they wanted to then invite a conversation afterwards. Some things are easier to say in writing than they are face to face and more effective in writing. So that was opening a door to a dialogue. And as I shared in the um, the presentation, I followed up with a couple afterwards to find out what the experience had been like for them. And they said the most powerful part of the experience was the reflection that it forced us to have to talk to each other about what we really wanted out of our estate plan, what we wanted out of our philanthropy. It gave us a focus that was really, they made all the difference to us. As far as our kids go, they have a record now of our thinking. I don't think it's anything different. It doesn't add it. Well, didn't say it didn't add. They said, I don't think there's any surprises in there for them. Um, But it is a record that they will always have and always be able to touch. So,
0: well, that is something that I think, uh, I mean, it's COVID year. (laughs) So uh, I guess that encompasses a lot of thought process, but one of the things was, or two things that this year has brought up, I think in everybody's, uh, forefront is a lot more time to reflect on what's important to them uh but the which i think everybody agrees on but what's something i really think often susan is that as this uh pandemic affected disproportionately older generations uh we definitely lost uh a lot of opportunities of passing messages and communication from Mm -hmm. The older generation to their next generations or their kids or grandkids, and I, I, I and it was sudden, right? It was something that maybe right. they 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 had. I think some people in the in the event today uh, actually mentioned this has been in my in my list for a long time, and then I'll mm-hmm. finally start today. And that's usually what happens. It's in a lot of people's lists, but it because it takes self reflection to a deeper level of legacy. It doesn't get started, so I'm glad you are doing this because this year has proven that you really don't know what can happen, and and you might not have a second chance to to write this or to have people read it. Uh, so, so, yeah. Okay. So.
1: I mean, that's the sad, one of the saddest parts of this year is to envision yeah. people that are in their final days all by themselves. I mean, not only can they not write it, they can't talk about it. Yeah face to face I mean that's just yeah. the saddest thing and so I you yeah. know I do think people are have a um, have sort of a greater awareness um, and I remember when I first learned about ethical laws, it was January of 2001 and I thought to myself you know this is an unbelievable idea I'm really going to do something about this and then in terms of advocating it and then uh, comes uh, um, 9/11 you know just a few months later where there all those people went to work. And they didn't come home. They also didn't have the chance to say goodbye and, yeah. and say what they most wanted to say. So that was just sort of a reinforcement for me. It's like, this is a universal impulse that yeah. people want to be able to do this.
0: Well, uh, it, was, it's, it was a very uh, heavy topic in a good way. I think uh, I, I really, I guess in name of Lexington and everybody that attended the event, I uh, we want to thank you for doing this and make us reflect and spend some time thinking about not just what legacy means to us, but like how we actually can communicate uh, our legacy to, to the next uh, generation. Um, I, I want to close this with one question, which uh, I ask everybody that attends or, or hosts, and, and it's I guess in this podcast, which is for those listening today, um, instead of thinking long term about this topic, um, what can they actually do tomorrow to, to 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 make a step in the right direction and getting their ethical will in place?
1: Take a half an hour and write an expression of gratitude to the people who you, in fact, feel the greatest degree of gratitude to. And write
0: it. Wow. I'll do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan. This has been an amazing um, event. Uh, I will be sharing your information for everybody on the show notes uh, so everybody can access uh, your email and and if they want to reach out to you. And please, if you're listening to this and want to get in touch with Susan, do not hesitate to reach out to us as well. We can certainly put you in contact. Um, This has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jordi. Thank you. And then um, until next time, this was the Empower Women series of the month of November. Uh, Take a time and take 30 minutes to do your ethical will, uh, or at least the expression of gratitude. I think that will put you in the right direction. Uh, Thank you for listening and we hope you have a good day.
2: Lexington Wealth Management is a group of investment professionals registered by Hightower Securities LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered independent investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through High Tower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through High Tower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referred herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not guaranteed. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis. Prices or other information contained in this research is provided as a general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lexington World Management and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representation or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data on other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as the date of reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Lexington well management and do not represent those of High Tower, Advisors, LLC, or any of its activities.